You're listening to WVEWLP 107.7 FM, Brattleboro's Community Radio, also streaming online at WVEW.org. This is the Vermont for Mystery Hour, a show exploring the Green Mountain State's strange past and present through stories that pique your curiosity and make your neck prickle. Beat the Sunday Scaries with me every weekend, broadcasting Sundays at 7 p.m., or catch the rebroadcast on Thursday nights. The opinions expressed on the Vermont Ver Mystery Hour are those of the host and guests, and don't necessarily reflect those of WVEW 107.7 FM. Happy Sunday, pals, and welcome to another episode of the Vermont Ver Mystery Hour. I'm your host, Meg McIntyre. Another quick reminder before we start the show, I'm working on my next season, and I want to know what stories you want in your earbuds. Drop me a line at vermystery at gmail.com with topic or guest suggestions. I'm all ears. Now, in our last episode, we learned about the psychic Eddie family, whose spiritualist seances drew visitors from all over the country and the world to their Chittenden farmhouse in the 1800s. So today, we're going to continue on that theme a bit, because we're going to hear about what it's like to be a psychic and empath today in 2021 with spiritual healer Lauren Dragon. Don't go away! <music> Programming on WVEW is underwritten in part by the Brattleboro Math Center. Located at 139 Main Street in downtown Brattleboro, they offer personalized math instruction in a supportive environment. Each lesson is tailored to the students' learning style to help them find the magic in math. To find out more, visit BrattleboroMathCenter.com or call 510-919-0843. WVEW thanks the Brattleboro Mass Center for supporting community radio. So hi, my name is Lauren Dragon and I am a spiritual advisor. I'm a psychic intuitive, uh, but my passion and my purpose with the work that I do is diving into people's shadows and allowing them to uh, not feel shame or guilt or grief surrounding the parts of themselves that maybe aren't as widely accepted by society and bringing that into more um, wholeness and integration with who they are. From a stranger's point of view, it makes sense that Lauren Dragon calls herself an energy worker, because even through a tiny Zoom screen, she's overflowing with it. When we talked for the first time a few weeks ago, I noticed immediately how animated she was, bracelets jangling on her wrists as she talked with her hands, and she spoke with a sense of ease that was calming, and also used laughter like a form of punctuation. If you think about it, It's almost counterintuitive that a person who can feel and absorb the emotions of others, known as an empath, would be so full of joy and positivity. But Lauren says that's the work that she does, transmuting people's energy and pain. 
Lauren is based not far from Brattleboro in Keene, New Hampshire, but she works with clients across New England and the country as a spiritual teacher and energy healer, primarily through Zoom. She's been practicing and learning intuitive arts for nearly a decade, and has now worked professionally as a spiritual healer and consultant for more than four years. But she says she didn't fully believe in the idea of psychics or spiritualism until around 2012. At the time, she was working as a studio manager for a wedding photographer in Boston. And one of the weddings she worked at was for a client whose mother was a pretty well-known and well-respected psychic. At the end of the night, the woman approached Lauren and her co-workers. And she's like, who here knows Florence? Who here knows Flo? And I, and I just got chills now, and I got chills then. And I burst into tears after she asked that because Florence was my grandmother and she was my person. And she had just passed three weeks to the day prior to that wedding. The woman proceeded to give her several messages and said things Lauren says she couldn't have known just from observing her, like the fact that her grandmother lived with dementia. She also delivered messages to Lauren's co-workers and then turned back to Lauren again. She said, you know you have the gift, right? And I looked at her and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, it was just, it was a week after Valentine's Day. Like, I'm like, gifts? Like, I got some chocolate. Like, what are you talking about, gifts? And she goes, you have the gift. And she goes, I'm going to do an exercise with you. The woman asked Lauren to describe the person she was thinking of, a woman named Pam. And without thinking, Lauren rattled off a few characteristics, like that she had blue eyes and what clothes she was wearing, the color of her hair. The woman told her she described her friend exactly. She explained to Lauren that she had gifts she needed to cultivate, and she told her to go out and get a deck of tarot cards. The tradition of card reading, which is typically done with tarot cards or oracle cards, is often used for self-reflection and developing intuition. Lauren described it, starting a card reading practice, as strengthening a muscle. Readers typically shuffle the deck and pose questions as they draw cards. Things like, what do I need to know right now? And what should I be saying out loud? What that does, especially if you are a very logical person, you're very, you know, rational in your thought processes, you know, whatever it may be, it helps to allow your brain to kind of quiet and allows you to feel what's coming through in the cards. But what it does as well is that there's a connection that gets made because oftentimes we're not able to process what our intuition is actually telling us because our ego or our logical mind is steering the car. So Lauren went out and bought two decks of Oracle cards and that started her journey to where she is today, now offering intuitive card readings, spiritual education, energy healing, and mentorship as a spiritual teacher. She said she also incorporates some elements of Western therapy and psychology into her work, drawing on a bachelor's degree in psychology from Keene State College, and she pointed out that Carl Jung's ideas have long had an influence on practices in the spiritual community. Lauren noted that it's often difficult for people who feel like her to embrace their gifts or intuition. It was hard for her, too, after growing up in a family where anything like tarot cards or Ouija boards was considered evil or satanic. Some people can't wrap their minds around it, she said, and it can be scary to take the risk of alienating people you love. 
but she doesn't regret choosing to take this path. She calls that night at the wedding in 2012 her awakening, and she says she now feels more grounded in her authentic self and more connected to a community. I asked her what she thought about people like the Eddie family, who created such a sensation and spectacle around their purported gifts. The seances and the spirit boxes, it's like, that was what they were able to hold people's attention with. So now I feel like in, you know, 2021, we have done so much more and there are so many more light workers or psychics or, you know, intuitives, whatever you want to like label, because everyone is different, but it paved the way for people to understand that there is so much more than what meets the eye. But with that too, I think there's a lot of fakes out there. I think there are a lot of people that give the, the realm of spirituality and, and, you know, in intuition and, and all of that, a bad name. <laughs> and I have even been to some of those people. She says she knows of people who use other skills, like the ability to closely read body language or deduct from observation, to masquerade as psychics or mediums. And not all of Lauren's friends and family are truly believers in what she does, but she doesn't begrudge them that. She believes this skepticism comes from being afraid of the unknown. And that I feel like is where most skeptics kind of sit, is that they don't completely understand it. And so because they don't completely understand it themselves, then it must not be true, or it must not be valid, right? Because they can't comprehend it. And that's fine. Uh, I would never, ever, ever make someone feel like they have to believe what I'm saying or anything like that. Um, I just will tell people like, I'm just here to offer you perspective. I'm, I'm literally just here to offer you perspective that maybe you weren't aware of. Still, it can be an isolating experience to be an empath when people around you don't believe in what you're doing especially because being an empath itself can be overwhelming and difficult to manage. Lauren says every interaction with a person forms an energetic connection, and it takes time to learn how to drown that energy out when it's too much. That's another reason she says it's been important for her to develop relationships within the spiritual community, and a reason she provides mentorship to other empaths as part of her services. It's hard because you can't quite shut it off. You can turn it down. It's kind of like the volume in a, in a old 1988 Chevy pickup truck. Like for whatever reason, you can't turn that radio off, but you can turn the volume down. That's kind of how it is for intuitives. Like we're always connected to everything around us, but we can ask to kind of turn the volume down. It's just a matter of mastering that where so many people don't realize they even can. Lauren also feels like there's a lot to learn from spiritual traditions around the world. And while practices like Reiki have become more accepted and mainstream, there's still a lot of resistance to concepts that seem strange or foreign to Western society. She pointed to things like the tradition of shaman healers and the wisdom of indigenous cultures. It's just, our worldview is so closed and it's like if we just allowed ourselves to open a bit more there's so much wealth to be had in 
what is out there, you know? And I think that goes with anything, but it's like, it's scary, right? It, it's a scary world. I wanted to see what it would be like to have a session with Lauren. So she agreed to do a mini reading for me with her Oracle deck. You can hear her shuffling it in the background. The first thing that I'm feeling above all else is like, there feels like there is this, um, excuse me, just moving your energy. Um, there almost feels like there is this hand over your throat. Like, I don't know if you have been feeling like there's more that you want to say or something that you're not saying and you've been kind of sitting on. I'm seeing it like kind of start to play out. Like there, like there's this path that you want to begin taking and like kind of stepping into a little bit more. And it's not even like, it's a completely different thing. It's just like a shift. And so the, the piece though of it is like, but what is that going to look like? How am I going to word it? How am I going to say it? Like, what, what do I do with it? Um, because I, like, I feel like this, like that, that pressure on my throat. Um, so that's the first thing that is coming up, but then let's see what actually like comes up in the cards. Um, all right. What does she need to know? What is the action she needs to take? So normally for like a reading, like when someone like, you know, books a reading, whatever, I'll do a four card spread. But since, you know, we're just going to keep it short and sweet. So the first card that came up was like, what do you need to know? What, what do you, what does your higher self need to know? And it could be something that you already know, but it's like, you need to remember. And for you, <laughs> sorry, I have to laugh. Just given our, oh, like what this all is. Anyway. All right. It's Odin and it's psychic insight. And it is saying, <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. Cause like, here we are doing this. So yes, you are gifted. If you've been questioning yourself and like whether or not you have intuition and whether or not like what, yes, you are. So here's your answer, what you need to know. All right. Your third eye is open. See the truth for what it is. Follow your intuition. So this, this, it's time to allow yourself to speak freely. Mm. It's time for you to kind of step into that space for yourself in honoring whatever this is. Mm. Okay. Cause I yeah. think it's directly tied to this. Okay. So the more you are able to do, the more you're able to allow yourself to harness those pieces of who you are and what you feel I'm hearing I'm hearing what you feel you're a feeler uh you're not wrong there okay you're not wrong because you question it you're like ah, 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 maybe you know and you kind of like da, 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 shrug it off it's time to start honoring it okay that's what you need to know <clears throat> action you need to take and this one jumped out earlier. So when I have a jumper, it, some readers will like, they'll shuffle and cards will jump out and then that becomes their spread or like the reading. When I have a jumper, it just means like, if you didn't pay attention to anything else, you want to pay attention to this, like pay attention. So this is like an exclamation point. So your exclamation point, cause it jumped out and then it showed up again is divine order. Do what you feel is right because an important lesson is unfolding. 
Mm. And that's where I feel like the shift, I said that to you, you know, before even pulling the cards over, like there's a shift that's about to happen for you. It is not wrong because there's a lot of like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I know this space. I know where I'm at here. I don't know what that's going to look like if I try to do X, Y, and Z or, you know, whatever. This is saying to you, honor that, honor that because there's like beauty in that space. There's power in that space. There's, there's um, celebration I'm feeling in that space. So is this resonating for you though? Is this making sense to you? You know, I made a huge change during the pandemic and quit my job and moved and like have been trying to figure out kind of like where I'm going for like the past year sort of. And just coming to terms with like not being on the path that I thought I was on or thought I wanted to be on kind of. So yeah. <laughs> fair enough yeah okay <laughs> all right I mean okay <laughs> like so again sometimes you just can't make it up if you tried yeah so. yeah you might remember that in episode six ghost stories I talked a little bit about my grandmother everyone in my family used to joke that she had ESP and my aunt thinks I do too so it was interesting to hear this from Lauren. I guess we'll find out if my gifts really do start to blossom. And hey, if anyone wants to buy me a deck of tarot cards, I definitely won't say no. If you find yourself in a similar place, Lauren's advice is to embrace it. You know, if, if anything that I did say, or if anything that, you know, was spoken about today resonated for a person and they are like, wow, okay, like I'm not alone, like, or, you know, I didn't know anyone else felt that way too, or just understand that there is an entire world out there where your gifts, your intuition, your abilities, your existence is celebrated and accepted. And I think that was like the one thing that really held me back for years was because I felt so alone because I didn't know what was out there. I had no idea. Um, so you're not alone. And if, you know, if, if you are feeling like, again, like anything resonated and just reach out. You can find out more about Lauren and her services on her website at laurendragon.com. And you can follow her on social media at, at I am Lauren Dragon. We'll be right back. Do you have children between the ages of 12 and 15? Does it sound like this in your home? I want to be vaccinated. Can we get vaccinated? When can kids get vaccinated? If so, WVEW would like you to know that Vermont children between the ages of 12 and 15 are now eligible to be vaccinated with the Pfizer two-shot vaccine. The FDA and CDC approved its emergency use for this age group. Yay! Parents and caregivers are encouraged to vaccinate these young Vermonters. Appointments can be made by visiting healthvermont.gov slash myvaccine. You can create an account or use your existing account. 
adding the child as a dependent. Those making appointments for this age group will only see clinics with the Pfizer vaccine. If you need assistance, you can call 855-722-7878. Parental caregiver consent is required. The health department is working in partnership with the Agency of Education to offer school-based clinics with daytime and evening hours, and a listing can be found at the Agency of Education's website. Walk-in opportunities and pharmacy visits are also available. This has been a public service announcement of WVWLP 107.7, your community radio station. Welcome back, pals. It's time once again for Murder, She Rates, a review segment with mystery lovers in mind. This week, I want to talk about the book Still Life by Louise Penny. In the quiet Quebecois village of Three Pines, Jane Neal was a school teacher to most of the local residents at one point or another. So when Jane is found dead in the woods, shot through the heart with an arrow, the whole community wants to know what happened. Inspector Armand Gamache brings his team from Montreal to try to surmise whether Jane's death was an accident, perhaps the mistake of a bow hunter who mistook her for a deer, or something more sinister. To make matters more interesting, the killing occurs just as one of Jane's paintings has been accepted to a local art show for the very first time. Could it be connected? Louise Penny's name often comes up when you're talking about mysteries and especially cozy mysteries, but I've never gotten a chance to read her work, so I thought I'd start with the beginning. Still Life was the author's debut, and it kicks off a series of books centered around the chief inspector, Gamache. As a central character, I really liked Inspector Gamache. He's patient and inquisitive, but can also stand his ground when needed, and he doesn't hesitate to admit his mistakes. He's also not flashy, more measured and reasonable, with obvious compassion and an instinct to teach. I enjoyed the tidbits the author included about his personal life back in Montreal, and the way she showed his thought process. In general, I thought the cast of characters was dynamic and interesting, from Clara, a frazzled but kind artist, to grizzled poet Ruth Zardo, and bed and breakfast owners Olivier and Gabri. Penny uses an omniscient third-person point of view, but she's really good at bringing out each character's individual thoughts and perspectives at different points in the narrative. The underlying storyline centering around art also really intrigued me. Several of the characters are artists, and I thought the author really skillfully showed how these characters' points of view on art differed and played off of one another. Plus, the descriptions of each piece of art and the emotions they provoked was so effective in making me understand what the art was about, even though I couldn't physically see it. And I'm not necessarily an art buff, so I consider that a really big accomplishment. I will say that a subplot involving one of Gamache's junior officers didn't really work for me. The officer, Agent Yvette Nicole, is on her first murder case and can't seem to stop saying the wrong thing and making the wrong choice. Gamache tries to teach her and help her see how she's limiting herself with her perspective, but she takes his attempts to help as criticism and lashes out, digging herself deeper into the hole she's in. While this part of the story did help with Gamache's characterization and understanding how he operates, I felt like the arc didn't lead to a satisfying conclusion. It could be that Agent Nicole will reappear in later Gamache novels, but as it related to this book, I didn't feel like her story contributed much to the overall plot. Of all the characters, I also felt like Agent Nicole fell the flattest. I understood how Gamache and his second-in-command Jean-Guy Beauvoir saw her, but I don't think I got a good sense of why Agent Nicole was making the choices she was making. 
I'd be interested to see if her character pops up again in future books, and, if so, whether she manages to achieve any personal growth. Overall, I'd give Still Life 3.8 out of 5 skulls. I'm sure some of you out there are Louise Penny fans, so feel free to reach out and share your take on the book at vermystery at gmail.com. That's about it for today's show, folks. A huge thank you to psychic and spiritual healer Lauren Dragon for joining me on today's episode. The Vermont Vermystery Hour is written, produced, and hosted by me, Meg McIntyre, with research help from Matt Bruno. Our cover art is by Ginny Stuce, and our music is written and performed by me and my pal Nikki Seafried. If you liked today's episode, check out the show wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. You can also follow the Vermont Vermystery Hour on Twitter, at Vermystery Pod. Let's beat those Sunday scaries, friends.